back. It's 2020. Hope you all had a good Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Yeah, belated Happy New Year to uh, Hilltop Hoops and SMU basketball fans. We're back. And we are back. So I was um, going to fly to Tampa for trial prep on Sunday. And then uh, at the end of the week, we found out the case was settled. So I'm here. We're talking Hilltop Hoops. It was going to be another c- couple weeks, man. Yeah, and I was uh, I, I did a trip over the holidays with my dad, uh, who many of you know is recurring Hilltop Hoops guest, Coach Dan Snyder. He's probably the smartest Snyder I know. And uh, my two brothers, and and that was great because we don't uh, we all live in different cities, so we don't get to see each other all that often. So we did a trip over the break, uh, but been back, been working hard. That's awesome. Elliot and I actually, at between Christmas and New Year's, went down, and um, Elliot helped. We did an, our awesome uh, CLE presentation for the New Orleans Bar Association. They have a procrastinators program, so down there you have to get all of your CLE credits by the end of the year. So after Christmas, like the room is packed with this packed auditorium do a presentation and uh had a blast had people approaching us on the streets afterward in restaurants we had like just like groupies following us it was it was it was a nice little boost nice little boost the ego it was good in new orleans too good time oh yeah yes so last time we talked we were coming off that georgetown loss that was um how do you say ugly a reality check i think for for anybody believing in that that hot start against lesser competition so at Georgia coming up, December 20th. That was on the SEC Network. And this was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an amazing matchup, but but Georgia's having a good season so far, at least leading up to this point. Yeah, and it was a good uh, good road trip opportunity for SMU fans. Unfortunately, I, I had thought about going to this one, decided against it, and uh, based on the Just outcome. Choosing your battles? Yeah, choosing my battles a little bit. I so really, the, we'll, we'll go through the December, early January games, kind of rapid fire here. Um, so here, let's just talk about what happened at the end of the game. This yeah. was madness. So each team trades a five-second violation on a baseline inbounds, which you don't see that very often. I was going to say, it's not a typo. We're not, we're not reading this, but that you heard that correctly. Trading five-second violations. It just lack of discipline. We've seen this before with end-of-game situations where you have one guy trying to make things happen one-on-one, and in this case, it was Kendrick Davis uh, trying to go ISO against Georgia's big man, getting blocked two times in a row, and then towards the end, I'm just going to call it a a defensive lapse, a a help defense lapse Mm -hmm. that gave uh, one of Georgia's guards the the winning buckets. 87-85, Georgia wins in double overtime. And so, let's so get to the stats. What was interesting, we had Mike with zero points in the first half and then 25 in the second half. Nice double-double, 12 boards as well. Um, Jolly, we had 19 and 10, but missing some crucial free throws at the end of the game. I feel like that's going to be one of the themes this year is free throws, just the way things have been going. That, how boring is that? But seriously, they're, they're obviously important. We can't understate that. Hunt with 17 points, 9 boards, 6 assists. KD with 10 points, 7 boards. Seven assists. And you'll see this is going to be a recurring theme with with these games. But once again, SMU uh, with an opportunity to win a close game on the road uh, just with some some glaring mistakes. And and I just there's just a lot that I don't like and haven't liked in some of these these close games. And we'll get to another one shortly. Mm -hmm. But uh, after the Georgia game, the Mustangs returned home to face Georgia State. The mighty Georgia State. So let's start late in the first half. This is a close game. And um, Georgia State's given us three-half quarter. It's at times full-court pressure. And it's kind of just giving us fits. Like, we just don't look crisp at all. 
Um, seeing things like Jolly getting ripped up by their point guard, or just like I said, just giving us fits. Thirteen turnovers in the first twenty minutes of basketball. Yeah, then you have an interesting play, uh, fast break with Isaiah Mike and Ferran Hunt, and Ferran Hunt just a a bounce pass to Isaiah Mike almost looked like he was deferring to him a little bit. Yeah, and really at that point in the season so far, I mean Mike Mike looks like kind of our our heart. We got KD really shining, we got Jolly really shining at moments, but um, Mike I feel like is really kind of try to step into that role this year and yeah that's consistent with what we talked about at the beginning of the season with uh, seeing Isaiah Mike step into a leadership role so getting to the second half here uh, starts with a beautiful inbound alley-oops Tyson Jolly and, and the one thing I really liked in this was um, at least in this half Ethan was aggressive on offense he's he's been a little more timid at times at least earlier in the season I like seeing him act like he wants the ball he's asking for it he wants it so down the stretch, Georgia State's hanging around. Uh, SMU led by as many as 14 points, but uh, Georgia State was still within six uh, with two minutes to go. But SMU holds on to win 85-76. Team stats were shooting over 15, 50, not 15. That'd be really bad. 50% from the field. Um, out-rebounded them by 10 boards. We got 21 assists. You got to love that. But 18 turnovers. That's just ugly. I mean, obviously a better second half, but just ugly. Yeah, ugly win, and that closes out, well, closes out the December non-conference slate. A little bit of a a weird schedule here to start the year. Uh, Home game versus USF on New Year's Day, so you're playing the first conference game. Uh, Triple D logo on the pullovers coming into this one. No Triple D jerseys. I mean, you know, it's fine. It looks all right. It's okay. Um, First thing I noticed, and I could have missed this from other game, but I was like, where did Smith's hair go? It's all gone. He lost like 8% of his body mass, I felt like, just in a moment. But I got to the game a little late, and this was pretty cool. I actually sat um, down on the baseline on this game in the bleachers down there. Quite a different perspective. And one thing I noticed is just how much chit-chat and jabber there is with the refs. Um, and I don't know anyone who's been a ref. It seems like a really crappy gig. I don't. I don't what, what do you think about just just in general? It's, oh, it's in general, yeah. I mean, everything I've read anecdotally said that there is a shortage of basketball officials uh, right now simply because nobody wants to do it. And that that's more at the high school and AAU levels. I, I don't know about college, but you're absolutely right. It's it's a thankless job. It's the The goal of the officials is for the fans, the players, the coaches not to notice I think that you, you would are doing be, your job. I think you'd be a good ref. I, I've thought about it, but again, I, I think the the downsides outweigh the upsides and got way too much going on to well, do it. I think but. you would do it for the love of the game and not for anything else. But anyway, so we're up 24-12 when I get there. A, a couple of things I like, some real hustle plays. I see Ferran Hunt chasing down the ball on a fast break and doing kind of a LeBron-esque block. Um, I, I love seeing that. Now, USF came back, hit several threes. Um, but again, like I, there's a fast breaks... I love our defensive effort. I saw one situation, Jolly, and another one, Ferran, uh, blocking the shot. Halftime, we're up 42-26, and we can just kind of pull away from there. One thing, we, we saw JC get a nice dunk, about 12 minutes left. Uh, Benamel hitting the contested dunk. Ray hitting two three-pointers from the exact same spot, which I would, would not have predicted that was going to happen. Anyway, we went 82-64. to yeah, USF shot really poorly in this game, only 39%. Um, SMU only only shot six free throws, made all of them. Hey, if we um, make all of them, I'm happy. I don't care how many. And then Isaiah Mike leads the team in scoring with 24 points. 
Uh, in this one, you had Tyson Jolly with 14, Emmanuel Bandamel with 12, and Kendrick Davis, 12 points, 9 assists. And I love Bandamel. I don't remember on this one if he started or not, but I love seeing him get points. He's got a lot of points off the bench, and we'll talk about it more in this stretch coming up. Next, we are January 4th at Vanderbilt with um, sidelines for days. Oh my gosh, this is just it looks so awkward on TV. Again, Vanderbilt coached by Jerry Stackhouse, the man with one of the most unorthodox free throw uh, forms you've ever seen, the one that takes about eight seconds to get off. Um, their big player is Neesmith, and um, they also have another familiar name on there, Scotty Pippen Jr. That's going to be rough, too, to be a, be a junior of a, a legend like that. Yeah, and it really shows. I mean, Scotty Pippen, who we remember growing up, now has a, a kid playing college basketball. That just shows how, how much time has passed. And single tier. Okay, so again, SEC team, but they were... Let's be real. They were weak sauce last year. So anyway, halftime, we're just going to skip ahead. We're tied 40-40 going in there. Highlight of the first half was Ethan with 13 points, though, and about 10 points in the first, I think it was like four minutes or something like that. Low point, Mike with zero points. Maybe he'll score 25 in the second half. We'll see. What happened second half, Kyle? All right, so Vandy's pulling away in the second half. Uh, Seventh three-pointer of the game for Neesmith, about five minutes in. He has 28 points with a little bit over six minutes left, and SMU is down 15 at that point. And again, given what we said about these road games and the the type of effort we had seen up until this point, it was a pretty reasonable assumption if you're an SMU fan that, yeah, they're not coming back. That that, that would be the fair assumption. I think the odds would would be in. But, you know, I I have to give the players credit here because they, they didn't quit and they found ways to force turnovers and got great looks at the basket and it happened. So a uh, 15 point lead becomes 10. And then a few minutes later, you have Tyson Jolly hitting a three to cut the lead to five. Then we got KD who were down three points, stealing the inbound pass and then getting it to Mike for a three pointer. That, that was, was only... a long three too, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was a beautiful play. That was, you know, jumping up and down watching on TV. So we're tied at 77. Vandy has the ball with 19 seconds left. Pippen misses a contested fadeaway. We're going to overtime. All right, so start of overtime, SMU goes zone. Uh, Ferran Hunt, nice block on what looks like an open layup. Uh, but Isaiah Mike is called for an offensive foul uh, early in the period. That, that little chicken wing, that little chicken wing will get you, Kyle. <laughs> a little chicken wing, so he fouls out. Uh, Tyson Jolly, two missed free throws. Then Kendrick Davis with a, a nice contested finish later on. Bandy, Bandamel getting the getting the and one over there, up eighty-four to seventy-eight with two twenty left. Then Pippen hits a shot. Uh KD on the other end blows by a defender, hits a floater. All right, and then a uh, breakaway dunk for Ferran Hunt pretty much seals it for the Mustangs, up ninety to eighty-one, forty seconds to go. Final score ninety-two eighty-one in favor of SMU. Uh, SMU finishes shooting 50 56% from the field, including 50, almost 53% from three out rebounded Vandy, um, also finished with more steals and more blocks. So again, just really, really good effort down the stretch. Kendrick Davis finishes with 24 points, six assists. And, and what about the free throws? Six for six from the free throw yeah, line. Yeah, my man. Both Ferran Hunt and Ethan Shagwa finish with double doubles. So just, again, credit to the players here. It's just where, how many more uh, of these types of efforts do they have in them when they're down on the road in conference play? I think there's still enough of the season left that how many more of these types of games do they have in them? And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, Kyle, 
but should we've had to make that come back in the first place? To be real. True, to be real. I, I mean, yeah, you are on the road playing in a really oddly configured gym, as Brent mentioned. I, that That is a tough place to play, even though Vanderbilt has not been very good you sound like You sound like Jankovic over there making excuses. <laughs> so next, January 8th, we are home versus UCF. Uh, Kyle, you brought your son to the game, right? Yeah, I did. First uh, first game my son's been able to make it to this year, and uh, we had a good Slacker. time. Be- between the two of us, uh, <laughs> we finished an entire bucket of popcorn and a soft pretzel, so... Uh, yeah, a lot of lot weighing us down there. Um, did you this, did you have any like nacho cheese or honey mustard or just use? Nope, just straight bread on the pretzel. Straight bread. Straight bread. This sounds like something you would say after you made a shot. <laughs> anyway, UCF looks way different. I mean, this is just a different roster than what we've seen historically for the majority of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's like no Taco Fall, no Aubrey Dawkins, no B.J. Taylor. Boy, they, like love, they love that taco up in Boston, man. They love that taco. I saw that he's he's about eighth in the All-Star voting for the Eastern Conference. That's yeah. pretty amazing, given that's, that he's on a two-way contract. <laughs> that's something. But, yeah, I mean, good, good for taco. But, yeah, it was just, it was weird seeing... UCF with a an, an unrecognizable roster. I mean, I think they only have one or two guys from their rotation. If you remember last year, they came within a fingertip of beating Duke in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So um, certainly a lot for them to be proud of. But but SMU really seized momentum early in this game. Uh, got out to a 13-0 lead driven by uh, three straight threes from Isaiah Mike, Kendrick Davis, Ethan Shagwa. But UCF uh, came back and made a run, closing it to 17-16 midway through the half. And then SMU kind of goes cold on offense. We see UCF take a two-point lead, then five straight points from Bandamel, which, I mean, again, he's been a very solid contributor i i agree and i even from the beginning of the season i i said this guy oh, is, I know. is gonna give us something and yeah I, I i said the comparison was was ryan manuel i think again he doesn't have ryan manuel's athleticism but i think he you know he plays hard he's he's working hard at both ends of the floor uh he, sh- shot selection's good he is a little out of control at times and uh, yeah, he'll turn it over, but uh, I, I just I, I like Emmanuel Bandamel as a as a good spark off the bench for this team. He works hard, like Eduardo Nahara. Did you ever see that commercial? I remember. It. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. I, I, I do, and I remember Nahara too. Had <laughs> a guy had a good NBA career. Can't complain. Second half, Shaggy starts out with a three, but UCF stays close. But we finally get some separation as Mike hits back to back trays, puts SMU up ten. Um, good ball movement and open shot for him. Yeah, it was. I thought the ball movement, the difference in the second half here was was just the, the ball movement, getting Isaiah Mike open shots. Um, UCF then went cold down the stretch, which which they've tended to do in the past. They've always been a team that when they when they get down, they struggle to, to score at times. SMU wins 81-74. Uh, UCF shot a better percentage from the floor, but but SMU shot very well from three at 54%. Finally, finally 54%. Uh, all, almost all the starters uh, finish in double figures. Kendrick Davis leads the scoring with 22 points, uh, 11 of 14 from the line, 3 of 3 from three. Uh, Ferran Hunt, 20 points, 7 rebounds. Ethan Shagwa, Isaiah Mike, 11 points each. And Emmanuel Bandamel off the bench, 7 points, 4 rebounds. And we go to a very gross gym at ECU. On January 11th, uh, ECU has never beaten SMU while we were a member of the AAC. Yeah, this is a series that since the formation of the, of the American that SMU has just dominated. But uh, East Carolina is a little bit better this year. Still not anywhere near a respectable 
team. And, and, um, and same disgusting color scheme as well, in case you're wondering. That purple and gold. Oh, yeah. Good old purple and gold. So this game, East Carolina jumped out early, uh, 11-3 lead, but then SMU settled down later in the first half and got con- and got control. Uh, a three and two free throws from Tyson Jolly put SMU up 10 with just under three minutes to go in the first half. So really solid first half for SMU. But East Carolina hangs around. Uh, well, let's go halftime. We're up 38-27. Right. Okay. So, so no reason to be concerned here. The, the second half was just here, a totally different story. Here's where the and, ominous music plays in the background, right? Yeah. And, and you just, as the second half went on and, and you saw these teams kind of trading baskets and East Carolina, you know, SMU having the lead, East Carolina closing it from four to two. And then late in the game, it's tied. And, and once again, like we talked about with the Georgia game, it's just this this late game funk, if you will. Uh, and, and and this one to me, you know, I, as much credit as I'm going to give the players for Vanderbilt, I think the players really deserve a lot of the the criticism here for not being able to hold on to that lead against a, what was on paper an inferior opponent. Hashtag excuses. So, I really I want to hear your, I want to hear Coach Snyder's take on some of this too. I, I wish you get him on the phone next time for when we talk about these coaching late game issues. I know it's not coaching, but yeah, it's complicated. But uh, Tristan Newton for East Carolina hits a three in the corner in the closing seconds. Uh, SMU loses seventy one sixty eight. And again, as much as I want to say it's it's on Coach Jankovic, I think some of this is just on the players too you got to have the effort and you got to have that alpha mentality. And, and yeah, I'm sure coach Snyder would have a different take and maybe it's, it's not that easy at, at this level, but uh, anyway, SMU shoots poorly in this game uh, under 39% and then under 27% from behind the arc lose the rebounding battle, just a couple, but still we lose it uh, pretty close with all the other stats on there. Uh, but note that at one point we were up 13 points in a game that you lose to East Carolina. Um, who knows where we're going to be later, but if, if we're in contention for anything, this is something that hurts. Brent, I'm going to break it to you right now. This team is not going to be in contention I'm for anything. I'm pretty sure we can season. go undefeated on out. I mean, I looked at the roster. Uh, Wiseman's not playing for Memphis, so that's probably a win. Uh, I um, mean, Cincinnati, they have a new coach, probably a win. On uh, the road at Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, fifth, third, whatever. No matter, yeah. man. Wichita State still on the schedule. And Kyle crushes my dreams. Let's just okay, forget the individual stats. Let's just let's just go the next game. Next game here. <laughs> Away at Screwston, January fifteenth. Uh, if things were better and my life was a little slower, this would have been a fun little road trip. Go down to the uh, the new Frittata Center. I, <laughs> I had a great time uh, there when we went in twenty sixteen, uh, just despite the result, but. Uh, yeah, this is one of those Houston, very tough opponents, uh, both last season and this season. And the first half, not going SMU's way. Uh, nine of 33 mm. shooting for the Mustangs in the first half. And one it, of 12 from three. That's almost impressive. I mean, like, really, it's almost impressive to be one for 12. Yeah, well, it just, it just proves thematically with this team, when, when the shots aren't falling, it's like the, the really elite Larry Brown teams, I feel like, could manufacture ways to score uh, without having to resort to shooting threes and could play, could tighten up the defense. This team, not really showing they can do that. They're down 11 at halftime. Uh, 31 to 20 final score 71 62 uh, in favor of Houston hey better second half and one thing SMU knows this name Fabian White with 17 points and 10 boards on the game and Marcus Sasser 
That name sounds familiar. If you've been a longtime SMU fan, you remember Gerald Sasser from the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, was an NBA draft pick. Uh, Marcus, I don't know how they're related. Um, probably should have looked this up. But anyway, Marcus Sasser was on SMU's radar guess, as a recruit. I'm going to guess the parental unit played in the 90s. And might we have been. Yeah, it might be. But but anyway, uh, Marcus, from what I understand and the the reading I did was... He was interested in coming to SMU, and uh, the interest was not mutual on the part of Coach Jenkins. Which is crazy. I mean, I know this isn't like a sorority, and we're just going for legacies or something, but that is crazy. Yeah, it, it is. Again, it's just an indictment that here's a guy that Houston picks up and is starting right away as a freshman. Because he was, and, I mean, he was a baller. He wasn't, you know, top 10 or something, but he was he was balling. Yeah, so tough pill to swallow. Uh, just not a good night overall, uh, for SMU shooting 40% from the floor, 24% from three, uh, leading score in this one was Kendrick Davis. Pretty good stat line with 19 points, six assists, five rebounds. In most games, he has a nice balanced stat line. Yeah, I absolutely. And, and he's been, I, I think we haven't really, um, given him enough credit for, Mm-hmm. Uh, getting through that waiver process and getting in the lineup right away and and producing at this level in the wins and the losses. And and I think if this team has any hope of making a run, it's going to be on him and Tyson Jolly continuing to to lead the team and, and Isaiah Mike continuing to score at this pace and finding a way to, to play defense and get stops against the good teams. Because you really need... This team does not have any good quality wins yet and you still have some chances with memphis on the schedule twice and wichita state and cincinnati okay so technically we do have chances in those games yes yes so now someone's gonna win those games if if you're gonna be an optimist that's what you would have to believe and i'll leave it at that (laughs) all right we're gonna do another session of brent's favorites uh favorite session here on the podcast brent what gets your goat this time kyle i'm fired up do you know that i am fired up a very interesting article and great journalism by by our man sam bloom uh from dallas morning news and what sports day dfw whatever they publish through as well uh through the app walking through the waiver situation i think this there's lots of articles this is the one i think it was january like around the 14th 15th somewhere in there because there's earlier ones and then this one has a lot more info if you haven't read it go check it out uh so we all know mcneil's uh waiver and appeal were denied obviously He's not playing. Here's what's interesting. So we, we've, heard, we've heard Jank complaining about this for months, since like the summer, when, this, when the season started. Just complained about how the NCAA just drags their feet. Maybe they need to hire more people and they can stay up all night. And, and we um, thought those complaints were valid because we've heard that from all over college basketball. When, I think here, we, the, yeah. the narrative in all of college basketball is that the NCAA is very slow and very inconsistent. And so with he, these waivers. He was arguing, complaining about this. One, one of the notice times was on October 1st. He was complaining about it. Here's what's crazy. McNeil's waiver application wasn't even submitted till November 6th, the day after the season started, over a month after Jenk is complaining about all this. So what is it? Is, is Jenk some genius? He's doing something? He's a mad scientist? No, John Rothstein, he is not. He is incompetent. He doesn't know what's going on. There is a lack of institutional control if he is just assuming things are happening and not checking in on it. And and I think there's some similar stuff said from Rick Hart as well. Maybe it's it's half facts and shades of the truth, but but the attempt was to point the finger at the NCAA for dragging their ass. 
And this just, this, I'm f- so upset about this, man. Yeah, so I, I don't really know what to make of this, but somehow I'm not surprised. If you just put the pieces together on what we know about, not only the, the coaching staff, but the athletic department too. It's like, this is not in any way surprising. I, I think it at a minimum, somebody is not telling the truth, whether it's it's Tim Jankovich or the SMU athletic department or whomever. But yeah, there's just, there's a ton of inconsistencies here. And if this is true, it's a further indictment of, of the coaching staff and the culture uh, right now in the program. And what's going to happen? Probably nothing. Best case, they point the finger at someone who probably wasn't even their fault. It's, it, it comes down to jank. If this is his team, own up, buddy. Absolutely. All right, we'll end on some good news here. Uh, SMU had a nice effort this past Saturday, January 18th, home game against Temple. Uh, great recovery game for the team, and especially for Tyson Jolly, who, uh, will, I'll go right to the stats, had a career night with 25 points and 14 rebounds. Wow. And really took this game over in the second half. Uh, Temple got off to a, a pretty good start. And I Temple was one of those teams that I was kind of more bullish on at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I think that they have a, a, a decent roster. Uh, they got out to a, a good start and led at halftime 27-25. Uh, but Tyson Jolly really just put the team on his back second half. Uh, really nice sequence that uh, we saw a highlight of later on. But Isaiah Mike, nice block shot, immediately gets it out to Kendrick Davis. And then uh, Kendrick finds Tyson Jolly on a fast break dunk. Uh, just a beautiful finish and just a really good game for Tyson Jolly. Uh, 43% shooting from the floor for the Mustangs, but another off night shooting the three, just five for 22 from three, but SMU went in the rebounding battle 47 32. Uh, aside from Tyson Jolly, you had Isaiah Mike with a double double 12 and 10, Kendrick Davis 10 and 9, and then Ferran Hunt off the bench. Shook up the starting lineup a little bit here. Yeah, you got Bandamel starting this game. Yeah, but Ferran Hunt finishes with uh, 10 points, 8 rebounds. And that, I'm not going to lie, I was not, ex- not going to be surprised if we lost that game the way things are going, but we're now 13 and 4. Uh, Kyle, I think I know how you feel looking forward towards the rest of the season, but yeah. So I, I want to go as we wrap all this up and, and as you think about the, the recent stretch of games and, and what's coming up, yes, 13 and four, objectively speaking is a good record. I mean, let's look at our out of conference, but right. But you still, you, you are in a position where, uh, you have a lot of important games. Like if, if I'm if I'm taking the optimistic side, big if there, big if. Wait, wait, add still that have in. Memphis twice. You have Wichita State. You only have to play Wichita State once. You have Houston one more time, and those those to me are the three best teams in the conference. You also have Tulsa, who surprisingly is is four and one out of the gate in conference. Road trip next month, Tulsa potentially. I hear it's beautiful this time of year. I don't know if I can go back to Tulsa for. Oh, I knew events. it. PTSD. I just, it's, I'm not over that yet. Uh, but I, I would really like to hear. I, I, I want to hear. Obviously, we we get a lot of the pessimistic side of things that these games don't mean anything. This season isn't really going anywhere. If you are one of the Sunshiners, if you are are a, a Hilltop Hoops listener who really believes in this team and believes they have the shot at at, at the postseason. Hit us up on Twitter, message us, email us, uh, get a hold of us, because I'd like to just kind of have a conversation with you about what you're seeing that I may not be seeing. So, I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath. 
but no, I, I love that's the that's the quasi optimist in you, Kyle. Yeah, well, I'm just again, I'm just challenging some of the 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 counter narratives out there. Watch the Hilltop Hoops account's going to get get a tweet from Kyle Snyder. Finally, he'll he'll come to the sunshine. Uh, so anyway, what coaching? I'm I'm so frustrated, man. I am just so frustrated. I don't have talking points on this. I don't have notes. I don't know where I'm going after this. I am just so frustrated right now. Well, it's hard not to be. I mean, I, I think we've seen enough with when the when the Larry Brown era talent left the program and the talent that <laughs> came that. in was not uh, as good or better. And and the talent, I mean, we were, well, let's be honest, we were really high on guys on, on Ethan Shagwa and Everett Ray and uh, even Will Douglas. I think we, we said, wow, this guy you know, has some potential. We know he's a freshman, but the fact that these guys haven't developed, uh, and, and have not really taken steps forward in their game to the degree that we thought, or we expected. Who's that on? That's on the coaching staff. That's absolutely on the coaching staff. And again, I think when, if, and when the Tim Jankovic era comes to an end, those are the kinds of things we're going to look at and say, that's why they didn't get it done. (sighs) Oh, okay. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, we'll be back at you hopefully a little sooner than this last time. Sorry it took a while, and sorry that. Thank you if you've listened to this full episode. Uh, shout out to that man who will make you his donkey, Elliot Mayan on the ones and twos. You get, you get the reference? No? Okay. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Whenever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Um, did you, did this... you have any like nacho cheese or honey mustard or just use. Nope, just straight bread.